0: many before and after stories or stumbling blocks to stepping stones or tragedy to triumph stories have you heard about? How many times do we find out that when bad things happen, even horrible things, we find out how strong we are and we come out of it ahead, at least better and not bitter, so to speak? When you think of all of the past failures, when they say, did you know that Thomas Edison had to try 10,000 times before he found the right filament to make the light bulb? What? Thomas Edison, are you crazy? You woke 10,000 times Even when we look at things during our lifetime, the Columbine killings, I had the students and parents in of some of them. The year after that, that came into my studio and recorded with me, they had written a book called Tragedy to Triumph and how they had become overcomers in the midst of those tragedies and the loss of many of their friends and loved ones. Is there anything good that can come out of something like 9-11? Nine Eleven, Do you remember how horrible, how devastating it was? We couldn't even bear to see it watched, replayed on the television, much less think about those that lost loved ones there. And yet, people wrote books. We heard stories. We heard people that should have been there, but they weren't, and why were they spared? What about this coronavirus thing? Can anything good come out of it? Well, I believe it can, and one of the things we see families together sitting around the table having dinner together, actually turning off their cell phones, and sometimes even playing board games at night, and talking to one another, really listening to one another, I know it could go the total opposite and people could be killing each other and brutalizing one another, and we hear those stories too. But what do we do as people since this is our life and we had no control over this virus? How do we make good out of it? No, we don't put on little rose-colored glasses and say, everything's going to be fine, we're all fine, life is good. No, we don't say that at all. But we say, how do you make the best out of a bad situation. I remember my grandparents, even my parents remember because they were little kids, the Great Depression that America went through when you couldn't even stand in the soup line long enough before they ran out of the miserable, watery soup that they had to give away. There was no government handouts. There were not people finding houses for other people. They were even just peeling potatoes and having to eat them raw just to get sustenance to stay alive. Well, there's one story in the Bible that I particularly like, and it's the story of Joseph. This is the Old Testament Genesis Joseph, not Jesus's earthly uh, father, so to speak. But this Joseph because he was the baby and spoiled, and his father loved him the most, the others thought. At least he favored him, and he had made him a coat of many colors. Having been a drama teacher, I love the musical Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. But I love the Genesis story even more, because his brothers, who were jealous of him, took him and threw him in a pit— and they took some of his clothes, and they were going to tell his father that he had been eaten by animals. Instead, they pulled him out, a little bit of guilt set in a couple of them, and they sold him into slavery, even worse. So then they told the father that he had been killed, and many years passed. What happened to Joseph during those times? Well, for one thing, he found himself being bought by Someone who had a lot of power. And he went all the way down into Egypt, and he worked for someone there named Potiphar. And then Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him, and he was thrown into prison. So he had now been in a pit, then into prison. And now what does he do with this life? God had given him the gift to be able to interpret dreams, and he had done that for some of his fellow prisoners who promised that they would take care of him and you know, recommend him when they got out. Well, they didn't. They forgot all about him like everybody else had. But he finally did get out, and the good thing was the Pharaoh needed a dream interpreted. And who was he going to call on? Somebody said there's this fellow that's been doing this in prison, and it was Joseph. And he interpreted not just a whimsical dream, but the dream of a great famine that was about to come upon all of Egypt and the surrounding territories. And when he actually told that's what it was going to be, the Pharaoh took him at his word, and he watched the famine unfold just like Joseph said it would be. And he was made his right-hand man, second in charge over all of Egypt. This was a little Jewish boy. And of all things, when the famine had been going on and people needed food, they were coming to the only place where it was being given out because someone had the foresight to start saving up food. And of course, it was Joseph. And lo and behold, true story, his own brothers were sent by their father to go to Egypt to see if they could borrow or buy even any food that was able to be bought. And who do you think was there doling it out? Joseph. To his own brothers who had maliciously hurt him, thrown him in the pit, and then sold him into slavery and he ended up in a prison and they hadn't seen him for many years and they didn't even recognize who he was. So this is where Joseph could have really gotten him. I don't know about you, but I'd have been tempted to go, yeah, 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 yeah. I've got food and you don't, but he didn't do that. You know what he did? He hugged them He not only gave them food, he asked if his father was still alive, and when he found out he was, he brought them all back to live right there, right there amongst the royalty and to be fed and nourished for their entire life. That's the kind of guy Joseph was. He followed God's heart. He acted as his own God did, and yet he forgave. I don't know if we can even come to terms with somebody during this virus. Maybe we can forgive and forget someone that we've been at odds with. But if Joseph could do that after being betrayed like that, what about a reconciliation? What about a forgiveness time with a brother or a sister or a parent or a child or a friend? Wouldn't this be the best time to do that? You have plenty of time, don't you? Why not write a letter? Why not send an email? Why not call them? Or you don't have to. But what a blessing it would be to know that God restored, and this is what it says in Genesis fifty twenty: what the enemy meant for harm. God intended for good. He used it for good. And it adds on to the end of that that many lives would be saved. My friend, you might save your own life or that of a friend or a family member to know that you were big enough to forgive. Father God, I pray for the one listening that knows they need reconciliation with a loved one. I pray for that one who perhaps can't even forgive themselves for something, and this may be a Jesus-come-to-meeting time where they actually sit down and have a little forgiveness session with themselves because you've already forgiven their sins. And if they can't forgive someone else or themselves, then they're saying the problem is bigger than you, God, and that it costs more than Christ dying on the cross for them. So, God, I pray that you will pierce their heart this day, restore them to a loved one, help them to know that they are forgiven, that you're not mad at them, that you love them beyond the cross. And we pray this in Jesus' name. God bless you, my friends. I pray that you're staying strong during this time, that you're staying safe, and that you will indeed use what the enemy intended for harm, for good, because that's what God did. Thanks for staying with me on this with Dr. Peppers, Shaking the Salt. Thanks for staying on, my friend. If you would like to contact me,